0: Hey guys, I'm Emma and I'm Julie, and we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Am. You want to know something incredibly exciting? Tell me. I'm telling you, and I'm also telling all of you listening. You guys, we have three more episodes of season two, and then September 17th comes back with season 18 Kardashians. Oh my god,
1: I am Ju- so excited for
0: it to come back, Julie. I'm irrationally excited. I can't contain my excitement. It's almost embarrassing, although if you're listening to this, I know you feel the same way, so I'm not even going to hide it. It's like, listen, I love doing these old episodes as much as the next guy, probably more. It's a real highlight of my week. I feel so grateful we get the space for it. Don't misunderstand. That being said, there is nothing like a brand new episode that's current drama that we can decode the next day.
1: I'm like. i getting chills thinking about it. No, nothing compares. And I kind of forgot because we've been doing these so long, like what it's like to be hearing about all of the news and then actually get the behind the scenes. Because like these episodes are great because they're nostalgic. Like the new episodes are so good because it's all the stories we know. And now we actually get to see like what happened behind the scenes and what's true. And like, I bet we get so much Larson information, like so, so much Chloe and Tristan, like all of these things that we've been wondering about. I forget that we actually get to see them like brought to fruition.
0: Exactly. And I feel like before we even start with this episode, I want to spend a couple of minutes just talking about the two trailers that were released because you and I haven't even analyzed them together. I actually just watched them and I want to talk about those for a second because holy fuck, those were good previews, were they not? So good. Okay. So for anybody who didn't see, the first one was kind of just a giant mashup of everything going on. And we saw a lot of, of course. COVID stuff. I think there was some people thinking that uh, Chloe had it. We saw her being really sick. We saw Kim trying to rush out of Paris. We saw the dynamic between Chloe and Tristan and her asking why he couldn't have been like this when they were together. We saw, which potentially is the most interesting thing. Do you guys remember a couple of months ago when Scott was at that, I believe it was a rehab facility and someone within the facility leaked that he was there and leaked the photo of him, which of course is like a giant violation of privacy and security. So he was on Zoom talking to the family about that that happening which like we got barely any information about that so that was so interesting I mean preview number one was fucking lit for lack of a better phrase
1: well the crazy thing about the Scott thing is that the way he worded it and I'm sure this isn't the case but the way it sounded in the preview like it was somebody that they knew that leaked it well, I was thinking about that because in it, he said, like, she leaked the whole thing.
0: But I think so. If you're watching that, you probably your first initial reaction is like Sophia, you know, or someone or, or his assistant or someone. But I think he must have meant it was someone within the facility. That's just
1: my gut because there's no way. I can't imagine it to anybody else. Somebody posted on our Patreon group was like, oh, my God, imagine it was Larsa. And I was like, that would be a fucking story. That truly imagine if that's the reason they're not friends with him any, her anymore. I don't think that's the case because it's been so long that they haven't been friends with her, and like, I th- I think that's low even for her. I, I I know that's low even for her. I'll say, yeah. But that would be a crazy plot line. Also, like, I can't imagine she would even know about it in the first place because I don't think that her and Courtney were so close that she would have told her. Right, and how would she have gotten that picture? Right, it I'm had sorry. to have been from <laughs> the up.
0: Let me just clarify. I feel like I just really went into a total spin there for a second. Not zero percent part of me thinks that it's Larsa. I just didn't know that that was a theory circulating or even like a, a fun theory circulating in terms of with no, base and no reality. So I just heard that was my first time hearing it, which is why I reacted like that. But no, I definitely think it was someone at the facility and that the editing was just to make us think it was a member of the family or a friend.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. That's what yeah. I think too.
0: And then the second preview we saw was all of them, but primarily Chris, Kylie, and Corey at Chris's Palm Springs house. They're getting ready to go to dinner. Kylie's in this like brown leather getup. And basically Chris is yelling at them to leave. And she's saying to Corey, like, let's just take a shot, her and and Chloe. And Chris is getting increasingly frustrated. And Kylie's like, you know, you got to calm down. And you just see their dynamic for a second. And I think what was interesting there, which I'm sure we will expand more on when the episode is released, what we always talk about that, Corey and Kylie have a very, very close relationship. And I think if you're watching this and you don't know the family, your first reaction is like, listen, I don't care how close you are with Kylie. You have to side with your girlfriend. Like you have to side with Chris. I didn't feel that way watching it because I think it was just family dynamics and in the moment type of stuff. But I did love every second of that.
1: Yeah, I think we'll see way more when it actually comes out. It's so hard to analyze the scenes out of context because there are times where we'll look at it, like so many times where we'll do this, where we'll be like examining one thing and we'll have this whole theory about it. And then when you watch in the actual show, you're like, oh, I was like ridiculous for even thinking that.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I just, I hope that them being in Chris's Palm Springs house is an indicator that we'll see a lot of stuff going on there. Me too, me too.
1: I mean, This is like the only show where I'm excited for them to like see them through all of COVID because there's so many shows and like not even reality shows, regular shows where they're like, this show will tackle COVID in its next season. I'm like, I just lived through it. Why do I want to live through it again? But with the Kardashians, I'm like, so intrigued how they actually lived for, through it. Like, I'm so interested in seeing that side of it.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And it's also just so, you know, they had to adjust their filming to fit it. So we're really going to see the real life stuff. And, and, I, and I also think there's an element of it that is like, Yes, clearly their quarantine is not your average person's. Obviously, they're living in these insane houses. They have all of the help. They have all the amenities. I get that. I'm not trying to compare them. But no matter who you are, there is a level of relatability to quarantine. And right. I think that hopefully that will come through. Just, just in, the, in the very small sense, if you bring it down to the lowest science of like just being in a concentrated environment with your family and your family alone. And we will see that, which I don't know. We don't get a lot of that in their individual families. Right. Oh, my God. I hope we get so much of the kids. Julie, imagine like an entire scene of just North St. Chicago, some. What? No. I would die. So much stormy content. Oh, my God. I would lose it. I would lose it. Oh, imagine if Travis – I can't. I can't even talk about it. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah so there are three more you know how right before you were going to sleepaway camp and it was like three more sleeps till till three more sleeps till sleepaway camp (laughs) yeah that's how I feel we have three more episodes this one and then three after and then that Friday September 18th will be our episode holy fuck I can't wait I know I want to try to watch the episode early and then we can release it at like 3.01am on the 18th that would be my goal
1: oh that would be amazing
0: yeah let's see if we can get the screeners again wow Okay. You ready? Beyond. Okay. So we're doing season 2 episode 4. Listen. Like I said last week, last week's episode was a low, not in terms of I think we actually ended up handling it okay, but the content of the actual episode wasn't anything incredible. And this week's really wasn't either. There's things to talk about, but don't think that I don't want to have your hopes set on like a Rob getting set up on a blind date because that's not what's going on here. It's still fun. We still have things to talk about, but I would definitely say this lacked a little bit of depth. But
1: I'm not complaining. It right. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Oh, I
0: loved every second of it. I just try to frame myself as, as the listener. If you didn't watch it right. right,
1: you know? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs>
0: it's, like, like, it's just so interesting the way that we watch these shows. Like you guys have to understand that Like, imagine just watching, you know, a 20-minute old Kardashian episode. You're not thinking too much into it. Julie and I are watching it with such an analytical lens. Like, is that a point that can be discussed? Will people be bored? Like, will they get what we're talking about?
1: (laughs) Right, exactly.
0: (laughs) This outline. Okay. So the episode centers around two main plot lines. The first one is... Chris's journey on this cheerleading team, which we'll get into. And the second is, you know, at the time, Kylie is 10, Kendall is 12. And Kendall's really starting to exhibit signs of being a teenager. She's, you know, her hormones are changing, she's about about to go through puberty, et cetera. And what's interesting here is we see Courtney, Chloe, and Kim, primarily Courtney and Chloe take on such a motherly role. And just watching the way that Kendall, who's only two years older than Kylie, is reacting to this entire like introduction to womanhood, watching it as a woman, you know, 13 years older than that. I so vividly remember myself then, as I'm sure a lot of you do. So it was definitely, you know, like almost strange to watch.
1: It's just funny knowing Kendall and Kylie now, also being like, how many celebrities do you know that you got to watch them like get their first like period talk? I was thinking that. I was thinking that so much. And I was
0: also thinking how, just like I was saying last time, how Courtney has not changed at all in certain ways. Not not changed at all, but so many ways she's the exact same. Kylie is the
1: exact fucking same. Oh my God. So is Kendall though. Like, no. uh, Kendall is a more mature adult version of herself, but the way their personalities are, especially now, like in this scene that we're watching going through it. Like Kylie is so Kylie and Kendall is so goddamn Kendall.
0: Yeah. And even, I mean, we'll get into this in a second. I'm going to go through the actual scenes, but you know, in one of, in one of the parts, uh, Chloe is saying how Kylie is so much more comfortable with this stuff because she's two years younger than Kendall. It's not happening to her right now. So she's a little bit more free. And for me, it was like, it has nothing to do with their ages. They could have both been 13 at the time. I just think Kendall has a shyer personality where Kylie is a little bit more. Fuck it. Let's talk about it.
1: Right. Kylie was also, like, that really wild child where I think she always liked, um, like, being on a kind of an older pedestal so that she could relate to her siblings more. So, like, the idea that Chloe and Courtney and Kim wanted to talk about periods and tampons, but, like, Kendall didn't, it was, like, kind of her opportunity to jump in and be like, no, I'm the older one now.
0: Right. I see that a lot. And then it makes a lot of sense, I think. Yeah. So the first scene, they're at the house, and... Chloe gets a package for Dash. She's unsure what it is. She opens it and it's basically a giant box of condoms you know, that was sent her from Dash. And Caitlin's uncomfortable because Kendall and Kylie are there. Caitlin doesn't really want them to see. And which is a very similar dynamic that we see constantly. Like no. Chloe, Courtney, or Kim talking too openly about sex, Caitlin trying to protect Kendall and Kylie. It's just, that is, that, that whole like Caitlin's conservative kind of view on the ability to talk about subjects versus Chloe's complete not giving one single fuck is so unbelievably evident throughout every single season, I feel like.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you basically just summed up the first three to four seasons of the show right there. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, you know, Chloe says to Caitlin, like, oh, do you need one? And Cam's like, no, I'm fine. And Chloe says, you know what you should buy mom for Christmas, a vibrator. Courtney's like, don't you think she has one, Chloe? Chloe goes, where? Oh my God, let's look for mom's vibrator. Does she really have one? And Caitlin's like, absolutely, no, she does not. And Courtney says, no, she does. I know for a fact. And they're fighting. Caitlin's saying she absolutely doesn't have one. Courtney and Chloe are like, no, she absolutely does. So they go into Chris's room. They can't find it. Courtney goes, it's big and black. And Chloe says, do you think she uses it? Caitlin goes, I told you she didn't have one. So they're sitting in the room. Just imagine this. It's Courtney, Chloe, and Caitlin. They're sitting in the room. And Courtney calls Chris to ask where her vibrator is. Fun fact Shelly Azoff gave her this vibrator. So when Courtney calls, she says, you know, where's the vibrator that Shelly gave you? And Chris says, oh, I don't think I have it anymore. And in her confessional, Chloe says, that is such bullshit. She has one, it's hiding. So Chloe says, do you have any dildos? And Chris goes, I'm fresh out of those too, doll. Kate okay, goes, I was right. I told you that, I told them you didn't have one. <laughs> oh, she like, has it somewhere. First of all, she definitely has it. But second of all, what a classic conversation.
1: This was like, There are certain times in the show where I think one of the main reasons the show was so initially successful is because of like the family boundaries that it pushed. And this was like the prime example of that.
0: Prime example. I also, I'm sorry, this is so unbelievably unrelated, but when it said condoms, I had to just share it right before we started recording. I saw a TikTok, I think it was. I don't know if you saw this one of like all of the times that Harry Styles was pictured where you could see the condom in his jeans. I just saw that. Julie? Like, this year for me has been the year where I've understood the Harry Styles hype. I just, I didn't get it before and I so get it. And Julie, I was not. That really fucked me up for a second there. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, It's like so crazy. Like, I have been having sex for eight almost nine years now right there are very few things that kind of phase me sexually yet for some goddamn reason when I see Harry Styles with a condom as if I've never seen a fucking condom before I revert back to like my 15 year old self being so like "Ooh, sex what the fuck it's literally a condom but there's something about the Harry Styles element that makes me
1: just feel like it's forbidden I know well it's weird also because like if Isabel felt that way where she was like so in love with Harry Styles when she was 15 and like sex was still kind of this like taboo sort of subject and like her 15 year old biggest crush had a condom in her pocket like I could so see her reverting back to that but you didn't have that for him when you when he when you were 15 so it is weirder for you to kind of have that feeling I know I didn't have it for
0: him until I was 24 it's kind of like you if you felt that way about Bieber now I mean I think a lot of people would it wouldn't be weird because you had that phase when you were young
1: right had past tense obviously not (laughs) correct kidding um Yeah, I mean, listen, (laughs) there's a lot of pictures of Bieber I've seen where I immediately revert back to 15-year-old me. It happens all the time. But also, like, it's a weird phenomenon when you're, like, still currently have that same crush because it's like you revert back to 15-year-old you, but you also are having the, you know what it is? It's like the feeling of 15-year-old you with, like, the sexually mature thoughts of 23-year-old you. Julie, that
0: is it to a T. For me, it's 25, so it's even weirder. And that is exactly, that was such a beautiful way to put it. But you know, yeah. it's not necessarily, it's actually a great thing. I, I really recommend any of you any of you guys listening, if you had some sort of a crush when you were a little bit younger, like, you know, 15, 16, 17 age, if you find pictures of them now, and it's still there, and you find ones that are similar, you know, to Harry Styles with a condom in his pocket, something that's innocent yet At the time, would have been taboo enough. It's a real fun kind of road to go down. See where your mind takes you. I think you'll enjoy it. (laughs) Are you a celebrity sex therapist? Honestly, Julie, is that not my calling? I think it might be. (laughs) Like it, it easily could be. It's my dream. I want to just sit down with every celebrity and talk in depth about sex. I would love that. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, next scene, is in her office and she gets a call from Tracy Hawkins from the Los Angeles Sparks Old old School Crew Dancers. So, which by the way, the intro is as if all of us know who Tracy is. Like as if, Ooh, Tracy Hawkins on the line. Like,
1: what? Oh, you know? yeah, like cannot believe Tracy Hawkins personally called Chris Jenner. She made it seem like it was Abby
0: from Dance Moms or whatever the fuck oh. her name was. You know, <laughs> that's hilarious. So Chris, is like, oh hi Tracy, are you looking for Kim? And Tracy says, actually, Chris, we're looking for you, girl. And in her confessional, Chris says, I get this call from this woman, Tracy, who's the head of the old school dance team, a group of over forty women who dance at halftime for the L.A. Sparks basketball game. So Chris says, so what do you want me to do? Well, we would love for you to come and audition. And in her confessional, Chris says, like, I'm going to be a cheerleader. I wanted to be a cheerleader in high school. And right before cheerleading tryouts, I got a bad grade on my math test. When you get bad grades in high school, you don't get to cheerlead. So I missed out on that. But right now I've got another shot at it in life.
1: (laughs) I love when you get to fill out your uh, high school fantasies. Yeah.
0: Again, yes. Is this whole thing most likely scripted. absolutely. Did it make it any less enjoyable to watch? Not at all.
1: I don't know. It felt real. There was something about Chris being able to be a cheerleader again that really hit home for me. Yeah, it gets exciting.
0: I don't know. It gets the blood going. So, you know, Chris says to Tracy, I'm going to call you back. And in her confessional, Kim says, when my mom tells us that she's going to audition to be a cheerleader, we're thinking she's absolutely psycho. She's like way too old to be wearing short skirts and dancing. So Chris is telling them how she was inquiring about the uniform and the uniform is black spandex. So they're all kind of joking about the fact that Chris is going to have a camel toe in these spandex. So Chloe says to Caitlin, do you know mom has a camel toe? And Caitlin goes, what's a camel toe? And she kind of moves her fingers as if to think it was a toe that that has like a hammer toe. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all laughing. Courtney goes, you know, when it goes up your crotch and Caitlin's just not having it, but (laughs) I don't know, it just made me laugh. Seeing Caitlyn get a little squirmy is so funny to me. It's also funny that Chloe, who has become now notoriously associated with camel toes, from her own doing, she's the first one to say, like, listen, that's going to happen anytime I'm wearing leggings. For her to call out Chris, I wanted to be like, just give it five years. You are going to be the Kardashian face of camel toes, fully self-imposed. Right. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah. I never really, un- maybe this is just naive of me, but I never really understood the big deal about a camel toe. Like, are we supposed
1: to be pretending we don't have vaginas? Um, no. no. I don't know how to compare it to that because you could say it's like a gray sweatpants vibe for a guy. It's not as attractive as that. You know what I mean? That's the point that I was just going to
0: make. Why is it that when a guy wears gray sweatpants and you see his bulge, there's memes about it. John Hamm walking on the street, Scott Disick walking on the street, you see his little bit of bulge, everybody's dying. Meanwhile, a girl has a camel toe and it's looked down upon. It's the same fucking thing with nipples.
1: Because here's the thing. It's a little frowned upon when you like, when your nipples are like really hard and you're like at a meeting or something and everyone's like, why aren't you wearing a bra? For the most part, like if a guy were to see it or like another girl were to see it and like be like, oh my God, that's so hot. Like a camel toe, most people don't look at it and say that's hot. That's, yeah,
0: that's what I was saying. But I, I was making the comparison of like real, realistically, what's the big difference? Yet they're viewed in such different ways and by myself too. I'm the first one to have my nipples at. I don't give a shit. I won't wear a bra if my life depends on it. But at the same time, you're right. I probably, if I'm wearing hardtails or something, I would elect not to have a camel toe, and I typically don't. But why do I care?
1: Why are we so? Um, ashamed? I I don't know. I just I I can't answer that question because I think that <laughs> because I think that some things are like why are we so ashamed of it, and it's not like a shame thing. It's just like a it's like a personal thing. I don't know.
0: No, I get it. I agree. I was just kind of, I'm not even coming. I'm not even, I don't even have an opinion. I just am kind of curious. I think I'm in a curious mood. I think I'm just in a really good mood and I want to ask questions about the world.
1: Okay, well, we can ask a lot of questions. I don't know if I'll have the answers to them. That's okay. It's good to just ask.
0: (laughs) Okay, next scene. This is our introduction to Kendall entering this phase that you know most teenagers, specifically teenage girls at this time go through. So they're in the kitchen. It's Chloe, Courtney, and Kendall. And Chloe asks Kendall to help her put stuff away. And Kendall's just not having it. And Chloe kind of says, you know, like, have you ever had a chore in your life? And you can see Kendall's very much being a brat. And Chloe says in her confessional, normally Kendall is so helpful. So it's kind of weird to see Kendall just kind of spaz out. So Kendall goes into her room and Kim's there on Kendall's computer. So Kendall's like, you know, what are you doing? Kim goes, I'm just looking for pictures I downloaded. Kendall says, you can do that later. Get out. Haven't you read the sign on the front of my door? And the sign says, warning, Kendall's room. Leave me alone. I don't care. Shut up and go away. (laughs) I have to get one of those. I know, you literally do. And in her confessional, Kim says, I'm just really shocked that I see Kendall having more of an attitude than I ever would have imagined. Kendall now is in Kylie's room. Kylie's telling her to get out. And Chloe in her confessional says, I just think Kendall's going through that teenager time where she's coming into her own and it's awkward and she doesn't really know what's going on. Chloe says, maybe she's about to go through that womanly change and become just like us. Courtney says, probably. And Chloe goes, Kylie, do you know what a period is? Kylie says, yeah, when blood comes out of your vagina. And in her confessional, Courtney says, Kylie being younger than Kendall is actually more comfortable talking about women issues. And Kendall seems a little bit more uncomfortable talking about those kind of things. So Chloe takes out a pad and a tampon. She's showing Kylie, asking Kylie if she knows the difference. And in her conventional, Chloe says, I know if a 10-year-old had these questions, obviously a 12-year-old must. So I feel like I should be forcing Kendall to sit down. May I bring up the two points I'd want to have your opinion on? I'd
1: love for you to. Okay,
0: the first question that I wanted to say, or more so a comment, but I think you'll agree, was just how much Chloe immediately and inherently takes on this role of a very maternal figure in Kendall and Kylie's lives. Not because they're lacking that in Chris, just because I think that it brings her a lot of joy.
1: Yeah. I think it's also just
0: instinct for her. Mm-hmm, totally. And the second thing I wanted to say was, you know, I think in the scheme of things, Kendall and Kylie, looking back on this, I'm sure would be totally fine. They're grateful for having these memories filmed, but I couldn't help but feel a little bit like that was me at 12. I just, I just, I don't know if I'd want that on
1: camera. Did you feel that way at all? Yeah. Um, I did feel that way but I also think that had they had a really big issue with it and said like I absolutely don't want this please take it out they would have. Totally. So it seemed like it was like I don't know I guess at 12 it always seems like a much bigger deal than it actually is because retrospectively I'm sure they look back on that and think it's so funny in the moment yeah I'm sure Kendall was mortified. Yeah. Yeah. So true.
0: I also wonder if these are the types of things that have made them more comfortable as they've gotten older just with fame in general. You know, there's something different about becoming becoming on a reality show when you're in your 20s versus when you are literally 10 and 12. You just get a more sense of comfortability with it.
1: Right. Or it could have the opposite effect. Like, I think with Kylie, Kylie got so comfortable with fame because I think it was in Kylie's personality, too. And I think with Kendall went the other way where she maybe wasn't so comfortable with it. And then as time went on and as she was more exposed, she like kind of reverted back and was like, I'm not so comfortable with it anymore. Cause it, remember as the, as it goes on, Kendall's really like not down for a lot of things. Like she gets really embarrassed easily, really shy easily. And I wonder that if like being exposed to it so early is the reason why that happened. And like, Kylie being exposed to it so early is the reason why she went the other way or if it's just their personalities and it would have happened regardless.
0: Yeah. I think it may be the latter, but you know, I'm thinking about something. Do you remember in that episode, it was right when Kylie was buying her first house, I think. And they're all sitting there and Kylie says to Kim and Courtney, you know, I just, I know that I was not meant to be famous. And Courtney agreed and Kim, Kim couldn't relate. She was like, I, I absolutely was. And I remember watching that. And even now watching it back and being like, listen, you know yourself way better than I do, but as an as a spectator, I feel like Kylie out of all of them was besides Kim was the most meant to be famous. So it was so confusing to me that she had that outlook and that's not like clearly she knows herself better than any of us do, but I remember feeling thrown off by that statement.
1: Yeah. I think that was, I don't know. Part of me thinks that's just a phase that Kylie went through or something that she felt like she had to say or something about like the confusion of feeling famous when she doesn't think that she should actually be famous. But I do think that as time gone has gone on, like Kylie is clearly like clear in a way, the one that was meant to be famous, possibly even more so than Kim actually. That's interesting. I, I think, I don't think more than Kim, but I think almost equally. I think the thing with Kim is that Kim was meant to be famous in the regard that like, that was what she wanted and that's what she was worked for. And she obviously has that star power Kylie, to me, is just like, it's so effortless for her.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. You know, there's a part of me that feels... I mean, I I obviously agree with you. I think, though, if I was using the word effortless, I would use it for Kim. And for Kylie, I think that I would use it, I would, I associate the fame more with the extravagance. And I don't really mean from a financial perspective, I'm just saying she likes to do things big. And I think that when you're famous, a lot of the times that can come with the territory in terms of, you, you can have a ton of fucking money and not be famous and still do things extravagantly, but I think she likes the hype around her extravagance, which comes with the fame, also comes with the money because if she wasn't this wealthy but was just this famous, the extravagance wouldn't be at this level. But I don't know. Right. There's a part of me that just feels like it's so, you know, Kim doesn't have to try to put on this persona. I genuinely think from the days of closet organizing her from the first season the first time she was on her confessional I think that fame was so her goal so yeah you're right I don't know it's it's
1: it's, it is interesting to look back at it's kind of one of those things where you could also argue that like Kim's isn't like in my mind Kim's wasn't as effortless because it couldn't have been like Kim had to be the one to set the scene for them to be famous like she had to work hard to continue to do it but I think in their current position of fame like I think Kim is more comfortable with like putting in the work in all of these different areas and like really like conquering everything that she wants to go into. And I guess because Kylie was kind of quote born into it because of Kim, it seems effortless because it would happen. It's not like there's something that she set out to do that put her into this position. It was like Kim was famous and Kylie not like wrote on her coattails, but was famous by association. And I think people were just drawn to Kylie. Like if you remember Kylie from the Tumblr days, Like remember there was that whole thing where like Kim was reaching out to Kylie about how to be cool and how to be relatable because Kylie was the one that people were flocking to because they thought she was so cool and her Tumblr was so cool and her look and her outfits and all of these things that she had put together and this persona that she had put out were so cool just because it was who she was. And Kim was like constantly really trying to match up to that. You are so
0: right. You are so right. I think First of all, I remember those days so vividly as I'm sure everybody who's listening does too. That was when Kylie had all of the Cartier bracelets on her hands at once on her wrists at once. That was when she had the a little bit of green hair. Those were the days. Those were seriously the days, and I remember that very vividly. Those were also when she was it was more so her, Stoss, Jaden, Smith. You remember those a little bit more? But you're right. I think that I was referring to effortless more current day, if I had to choose. But you are absolutely right because on the rise up, Kim's was a lot more calculated, and I don't mean that negatively. It was her goal. She was the first one to say it, whereas Kylie kind of just almost
1: glided into it. Right. And the last right. thing that I'll say about it is that it's a, it's a really interesting discussion about the way the two of them have profited profited off of social media and what social media has done for them. Because when you look at Kim, Kim was like the pioneer of using social media. Like, remember there was that thing with Ryan Seacrest like texting Kim being like, you have to get on Twitter. You have to get on Twitter immediately. Like all of like the way that you think about how stars use social media, kind of Kim was the pioneer for that because she was the one that really invented herself as being this like social star but it was Kylie that really learned how to use that to her advantage. Whereas like Kim was the pioneer, she started it and Kylie was the one that you associate with it now.
0: Totally, because Kylie is also was so from a marketing angle.
1: Right, like Ky- Kylie Cosmetics is the, that entire brand, her entire fortune is, is a result of Instagram and Snapchat stories and her ability to connect with people on those two things. She didn't. She never had campaigns when she was doing it in the early days. Right. I mean, I do think a lot of that comes from,
0: and this is not to discount Kylie at all, because she clearly has a lot of talent. But if I'm talking about the Kim versus Kylie, when it comes to making the social media appealing versus just existing on it, I do think some of that, at least in the beginning, came from age. You know, Snapchat was something that was much more closely associated with Kylie, because that's the way that she communicated with her friends. Whereas I don't think for Kim, it was as consistent of a medium early on.
1: No, of course. And that's kind of the whole point is like Kim had to navigate a medium that she wasn't familiar with or used to and brought other people onto that and shared her life through that. Whereas Kylie was really the one that shaped the way we use it as it exists today. And I know that's a big compliment to give. And that's not how I mean it. Like not all of us as it exists today. But in terms of marketing and selling and influencer, a lot of that is really associated with Kylie. Kylie.
0: No, it is. I, I, think, I, I think you can hate the Kardashians and still, and still be able to admit that the marketing power is on a, another level. Right. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. Okay, next scene. So this is when Caitlin, Kendall, and Kylie go with Chris to meet Tracy from this dance place. They go in. Caitlin is showing off her dance moves. She apparently won, you know, best dancer in her, I think it was her high school, you know, yearbook superlative. Chris is not really getting it, but she's trying. And I think that they, Caitlin's being very supportive of her. They're all kind of cheering her on. And, you know, this is going on. I'm not going to get into all the details of the scene, but you can very much imagine it. There's Chris, she's doing this routine with these other women over 40. And Tracy basically says, you know, we think you're a great dancer. You have great charisma, but you need a little bit of work, a little practice. We would love to have you at our game, but would you be willing to practice? Chris is thrilled. She says in her confessional, I'm so shocked that they want me to be a part of the team and so excited that they're going to give me another chance because I really thought I blew it. And, this is when Caitlin suggests that they should get some behind the scenes training because they are friends with Chris Judd. And Chris Judd is one of Chris's closest friends, a fabulous choreographer who has done things with a lot of pop stars. So, you know, that we always like to insert some background information that isn't shown on the show. So, Chris Judd was actually previously married to Lo, And they met in Spain in late 2000 when he was hired to direct her music video for Love Don't Cost a Thing. They got married on September 29, 2001, and the marriage ended less than a year later. So just to put it in context for a second, Chris's family friend slash choreographer who is helping her audition for this over 40 cheerleading squad was J-Lo's ex-husband. Isn't that funny? That's funny. And he danced with Michael Jackson, who was one of his mentors, Celine Dion, in sync, and he choreographed music videos for Usher, Ja Rule, and of course, J-Lo. Wow.
1: I, love little, uh, I love a little J-Lo connection. What can I say? Remember last week, uh, Chris brought her up? Well, isn't it funny that she name dropped her last week, but not this week when she was working with her actual ex-husband? Yeah, I wonder if it wasn't an amicable split. I, I don't remember. It was her second husband and the marriage was so short. Did, when, when they first said his name, did you realize that's who it was? No, but it
0: rang a bell, which is why I told you to put in the info, but I didn't realize it until I was looking at the outline. Right. Yeah. Okay, next scene, they're back at the house and Horny is just saying how, you know, Kendall was giving her such attitude and Kim says, oh my God, me too. She kicked me out of her room yesterday. Kaylin says, well, she won't give me a hug anymore. I try to hold her hand and she pulls it away. Going into school, she wants me 10 feet behind her. Kim says, are you serious? And in her confessional, Kim is just saying that Kendall's growing up. It's the only thing that Caitlin didn't want to happen. And she feels like Caitlin is just heartbroken. And Caitlin says, I've been through this process before, which is just, Chloe says, it's called hormones, puberty. Caitlyn says, it's called hormones and I didn't want it to happen, but it's happening again. And in her confessional, Caitlin kind of says, I don't know if this is a subject for me, little girls growing up. It's nice to have these older girls that can kind of teach them about the first period, the changes, all of those types of things. And you know what? I think in this case, it's probably best for them to handle this one, not me. So Caitlin says to Courtney and Chloe and Kim, this is too much. Can I trust you girls to handle this whole thing, to give good information? Kim says, yes. I mean, we're the big sisters. It's better for us to do it. And Chloe says, all of her questions will be answered in complete and utter detail. And, you know, Caitlin kind of trusts
1: them with this, which I thought was a sweet moment in a way. Yeah, it was sweet. And also made sense. Like, also, if Kendall is so uncomfortable by it in general, like, her parents being the one to bring it up, especially her dad, was not going to be the way to go.
0: No, I totally agree. Nothing, nothing wrong with doing it this way. Some, you know, if you have older sisters who are willing and wanting to, why wouldn't that be the case?
1: Right, especially like so much older, where I don't know. I feel like it, it makes a difference when they're that much older because it doesn't feel like it's just like your older sister telling you something. It's like. They obviously have the experience and has had it for a while, but it's not quite your mom, which most people like don't really get the perk of having siblings that much older. So I feel like taking advantage of it in this case was like such a no brainer.
0: I had a family friend growing up who had half siblings who were 20 or so years older. And I remember always just being, I mean, I'm an only child, but I do remember always being so jealous of that, wishing that. I just think there's something cool about that. It's like you kind of get the best of both worlds in a way. Ugh, I was
1: always jealous of people with older brothers.
0: Oh my god, same, same. If I could have cho- chosen once, chosen, chose, chose one sibling, it would have been
1: that. Well, yeah, because like the older brother's friend is always like the fantasy. Like I had a fantasy about a sibling situation that I couldn't even possibly ever have.
0: Yeah, <laughs> true.
1: <laughs> same. So
0: Chris starts practicing with Chris Judd. And she's trying to get it. She's doing it. She's actually getting a little bit better. And of course, she dramatically falls over when she's doing her hops. Kendall and Kylie are in the gym. They run over. She's saying she fucked up her knee. Kylie runs to call 911. It's very dramatic. And she said something in her confessional. Chris says, just as I feel like I'm getting all the moves down and all I really need to do is put it together, one after the other, I fall. And I just get really mad. It's like I have all this anger towards my own body for kind of giving out and I don't have any control. The reason that I wanted to just mention that is because I think one, yes, I think this whole scene was dramatized, et cetera, but there is some, a point there that I want to make, which is that I find this happens a lot with people as they age, or at least I've noticed it with my parents and with members of my family or my parents' friends where it's this feeling of like, I'm so grateful for my body for being with me and sticking with me and getting older. Yet the way that I feel inside does not match the way that I am physically. And so when she said, I just have so much frustration towards my own body I don't. I don't know why. Like, I got emotional about that for like a quarter of a second because I hear my dad say those things all the time. You know, in his mind, he feels 25, but he can't open a pickle jar because the arthritis in his hands is crippling. So, I I don't know. I know that that's like a really dramatic thing, but I, I felt like she had a moment of that.
1: No, I get it. I mean, I'm 23 and my body is 80, so I totally get it. You know, she's
0: not kidding, you guys. It really is.
1: Yeah, it really is. Julie's back. It's it's a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's like a full metal rod in it. So, yeah. Yeah. Julie, you know it's going to be a bad day when Julie
0: wakes up in the morning and you you see that hand, that right hand go to her back, and that's when you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know the walk, the walk to the bathroom that's like. Oh, I know. the. I mean, I take that walk every morning. Usually it uh, it gets better throughout the day, but there are some days. If it's raining, forget about it. I can't even move. Yeah. My hip, my knees, my back, everything. I can't get out of bed. No,
0: it's a real thing. So basically they decide that she's just going to lie down, see how it feels and evaluate the situation later. Okay. Next scene, we're back at the house and Kendall's laying in bed eating spaghetti. And Chloe says, Ken, do you think something's going on with you? I think you're just going through hormones. Do you know what hormones are? Kendall says, yeah, but I don't even think it's happening right now. And in her confessional, Courtney says, we're trying to get through to Kendall, but she does not want to have anything to do with this conversation. And Chloe says to her, we wanted to teach you, you know, in case we're not here or you're at school, we want you to feel comfortable. And Courtney says, and it's an embarrassing subject. Like I said, I got my period when I was eleven and I never told anyone for a year. We don't want you to be like that. We want you to be able to talk to big sisters if you want if you don't want to talk to mommy or daddy. And in her confessional, Courtney says, We need to find a way to teach this to Kendall so she's prepared. These are the facts of life, and comfortable or not, Kendall's gotta hear it. Can I tell you something I thought and I'm curious if you felt the same way? Yes. When Courtney was saying how she got her period at 11 and she didn't talk to anyone about it, it was in that moment that it hit me of like, oh, wait, Courtney was the firstborn.
1: I told, I always forget that. Oh, really? I never forget that.
0: Yeah. I just forget because it also made me think of why, like, she would have been like this. To, I mean, clearly, anytime she had siblings, the same way Chloe and Kim are, but I think Courtney even wanted to be more because she didn't have that because it's not like she had older sisters there.
1: Right. Totally. I mean, the other thing with Courtney and Kim, though, is they're so close in age that they kind of went through everything together, presumably. So like, yeah, she didn't have anyone to guide her, but she did have somebody like right there going through it together. Right, right.
0: So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash cbc for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash cbc to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash cbc. Okay, so I want to talk cookware for a second because I haven't told you guys about this company and I recently tried their products and I fully understand the hype now. So they're called Great Jones and they make really high quality, thoughtfully designed cookware. That also happens to be beautiful. Like I know it's kind of a weird way to describe cookware, but you'll see what I mean when you go on the website. In terms of colors, they have your classic black and white, but they also have pinks, greens, yellows, blues—just like really vibrant, fun colors. And everything is non-toxic. So they have you know Dutch oven, ceramic dishes, non-stick sheet pans. Everything is non-toxic to me. That's huge. And we all know, like I'm not the biggest cook, but I have my staples. And I got originally from them, the Fry family, which is the eight and 10 inch ceramic nonstick pants. And they're just great. I got them in the white because that matches the best with my kitchen. I love cooking on them. And I also, I know again, it sounds kind of weird, but I love the way they look in my kitchen. And the thing is, once you get these, you're going to want to get them for your friends. So they make incredible gifts for weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays, whatever occasion you need. It's a great gift. Upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand me downs with bold, beautiful, long lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code CBC. That's greatjones.com, promo code CBC. So, next scene, Caitlin comes home, Chris is injured, and it was sweet. Caitlin was being really sweet with Chris. They decide that they're going to call the doctor, they come in for a scan. You can see Chris is in a lot of pain. And long story short, she ends up having to go in for surgery. And I guess she ripped her meniscus. She feels disappointed that she can't audition. Courtney and Chloe go in to see her before surgery. And yes, Julie wrote, camera crew is allowed in surgery. Very great anatomy. I knew you were going to say that.
1: I love when the camera crew is in for surgery. Yeah. Well, was this even real surgery, do you think? I mean, yeah, she was fully under.
0: Was well, she? She really did tear her meniscus?
1: Yeah, she listen. You listen. You could say a lot of things about the way the Kardashians fake something. You're not getting an OR going under anesthesia and getting an operating team to pretend to operate on your torn meniscus. Like that's just not happening. Yeah, that's probably true. That was and- like the most cynical you've been throughout this whole thing. Is of all the things that we can pick apart, like a surgery is not one of them. What could have happened though is that Chris could have torn her meniscus, and they could have made a plot line around that. Right, that's absolutely. The surgery was not fake.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, it was just the hop that got me.
1: There was no way. Yeah, that no. Happened. The dramatic falling was like when you watch those like murder shows and they reenact the, the the crime, and you're like, oh god, this is the worst acting I've ever seen. That's how the the hop and fall felt. But yeah, the torn meniscus was definitely real.
0: Love a hop and fall. Love also- a torn meniscus. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't think we noted it in here, but just to get to give you guys a visual. Chris, throughout these scenes, is in a full-blown royal purple juicy velour tracksuit with purple eyeshadow to match. It
1: was quite the look. It was quite the look.
0: Yeah. Anyway, she's home. She's resting. Chloe and Courtney come into her room, and they say, we know how much you wanted to be on this. We know you really wanted to do this cheerleading thing, and you didn't get in high school, this whole charade. So we felt that, and we brought you something to fulfill your little cheerleading needs. And they pull out this cheerleading uniform they got her. And it's cute. Caitlin, of course, is now going into this fantasy about cheerleaders. She says, how do you know I always wanted that cheerleader? And Chris in her confessional says, the girls I think at first thought I was out of my mind to want to try out for this dance troupe. Dance troupe. But at the end of the day, I realized they're pretty supportive. You know, I'm not going to let, let, a, let a little knee surgery keep me down. I'm not hanging those pom-poms up yet. You no know Chris? I love to see it. I was. I felt so bad that she couldn't dance.
1: She was like really excited about it. She was so excited to dance for the LA Sparks. And she was nervous. Like she was nervous during that audition the first time around. Like she really what? was like, they're not going to like me. It was like, she was, I think she really thought she was like auditioning for our high school cheer team. I think it was one of those memories where exactly
0: like it carries on into your adult life because you never got over it in childhood. Yeah. Okay. Last scene. They're in the living room. And basically Chloe and Courtney are really deciding they're going to give Kendall this lesson, whether she wants it or not. So she tells Kylie, come in, you're going to be my assistant. Chloe says, okay, well, Kimberly and Kendall, just so you know, Kylie was asking a lot of questions about periods. And in her confessional, Chloe says, the time has come to talk to Kendall. And I could just tell Kendall is so uncomfortable. So this is nothing to be embarrassed about. This happens to every girl. And she's telling her when she first starts her period, you use a pad And you can see Kendall's squirming. And and Chloe says in her confessional again, she says, Kendall's squirming and just kind of sinking back into the couch. She's trying not to look in my eyes. She's trying to just look down at her hands, which you can see Kendall's visibly uncomfortable. Yeah, it's cute. cute though. She's like, it's so uncomfortable watching this. So uncomfortable, but I think also interested. Like I do think when you are that age, even if you don't want to talk about it, there is a part of you that wants to know because you know that it's imminent and you want to at least feel prepared, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think that people are more comfortable. I I don't know. It depends. Some people are like a lot more comfortable just like having their friends explain it to them and like talking about it with their friends versus like having somebody to like sit down and actually like go through everything and explain it to you.
0: Yeah. My my experience was a traumatic one. My mom, it was like the first time that my mom had cancer. She was mid going through chemo. She couldn't get out of bed. It was Rosh Hashanah. She couldn't go to temple. I got it. Our housekeeper had to go out and get it from, like, go out and get me, I think, pads or tampons. I had no idea how to do it. My mom was, like, fully out in her room. And I had to, like, go to temple, like, having no idea how to put this pad in the entire time, thinking that I was bleeding through the seed. It was such a, like, it was really a a traumatic experience for me. That is a
1: really traumatic experience. Like, we are so fucking Jewish because I got mine for the first time at, at Jesse's Bat Mitzvah. What were you wearing? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I remember, is this a Jewish thing or is it like everybody does that where you like, get slapped in the face? They sl- I don't know, Carol slapped me. I, I at luncheon, I got like slapped in the face 40 times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, I, I like, obviously my mom had no idea like the next day or like a couple of days later when we were doing it, like my mom has no idea of the Jewish tradition We're at Carol's house and my mom, of course, now she's like, you know, Emmy, tell her, tell her. So I'm like, oh, yeah, Carol, I got my period. She's like, oh, Mazel tov and she comes over and like slaps me and my mom's like what
1: she's like you didn't slap her <laughs> oh my god my mom slapped me everyone fucking slapped me the whole bat mitzvah knew about it and then the funniest thing was that at I think I got it at Jessie's bat mitzvah and then her little sister got it at my little sister's bat mitzvah oh
0: you know it's, it's nice it's like you carry on the tradition you know Yeah, it's a legacy. (laughs) So Chloe is saying, okay, once you become a little more comfortable with your body, what do we have, assistant? And Kylie pulls out a tampon. And Courtney's saying to Kendall, I know it looks like it hurts. It doesn't hurt. They are putting the tampon on water to show how it works, to show how it comes out as a flower. And in her confessional, Courtney says, Kendall's a little bit uncomfortable with the subject, but I think that either way, she definitely learned something and knows that she can always come to us when she has any questions. And I think... You know, Kendall's starting to get a little bit more comfortable and Chloe says, Okay, sex side is not over. We're gonna watch some home DVDs. And
1: it was I real- honestly wait, I honestly, when she said sex side is it over, we're gonna put on some home DVDs. I straight up was like, do not put on Chris and Caitlin's sex tape. Oh my god. God for fucking bit or Kim's. <laughs> that would have been
0: really educational, actually. Yeah, could you fucking imagine? That would have been so fucking funny. I know. So they put on Kendall's birth video, which again, something that I really admire about Caitlyn and about Rob Robert Kardashian, is that they are so committed. Which I think a lot of dads are to just filming the fuck out of everything. But I personally, my delivery room, my mom's delivery room experience wasn't filmed, and I thought this was really nice. And in the video, Caitlyn's, you know, saying, "Okay, Kendall, this is your birth video. There are your sisters, Courtney and Kim. I know they look old now." When you watch this, you're going to say, I can't believe they were so young at the time. And they're all sitting around watching. And you can sense they were really watching it for the first time in a while. It was such a nostalgic feeling. And Chris walks out. She's in her crutches. They're all kind of gathered around the television. And I think that I thought it was a really nice way to end. Again, it was a very kind of full house situation, but it was just sweet. And, And you see Caitlin at the end of the video saying, Okay. Kendall, you made it home from the hospital. There you are in your little bed. You finally made it. Now all you gotta do is grow up. And remember, when you're a teenager, okay, I'm still your friend, okay?
1: And Kendall gets up and gives her a hug. That was so sweet. That was very full house. (laughs) Very, all of these episodes are. It can be
0: the raunchiest, nastiest episode, the dirtiest shit, they could, whatever they're doing, it will always end with some very wholesome moment. Do they still end like that? No. I think it, what do you mean, Noah? Last season ended with fucking Courtney and Kim beating the shit out of each other,
1: to be continued. Or <laughs> I'm from that wholesome family moment.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It was, it was It was. sweet. It was heartwarming. I loved it. I don't know. What else What else could I say about this? It was great. Was it the craziest, most riveting thing I've ever seen? No, but did I have the time in my life? And was this a cathartic experience to recap it?
1: Absolutely. I felt like it was a very relatable episode, the period part, not the cheerleading part. I obviously was not a cheerleader.
0: Obviously, same. But yeah, no, me too.
1: Is there anything else that you would like to mention? No, I think that's it. I, I'm i like, I know that we still have a couple more episodes, but I am so fucking excited for the new season.
0: I know. Literally, tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your dads, tell anybody that you know because guys, I want that to be, I want that the first recap of the first season to be one of our highest steps. It's like, I just want everyone to share the same hype that we feel.
1: I really I think, feel
0: that. Way. I, think feel it. I hope so. Okay. We love you guys more than anything. Thank you as always for listening, for being here for us, for letting us do this. It's the best job ever. If you feel so inclined, if you want to leave something positive, then we would love a review. If not, totally get it. Um, We love you guys, and we will see you on Monday for our regular episode. Let's talk about baby making for a second, because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be, meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do wanna conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I wanna introduce you to Frida Fertility. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, From ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits, they're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find to Fertility on Amazon, Target and select CVS near you.